Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we asked for more female narration submissions to the other stories and you guys completely drowned us. I mean, our email inbox literally exploded. It's taken us a little while to put the thing back together, but we will get there. For now though, thanks so much for the outpouring of interest. Um, We'll be in touch as soon as possible. Uh, But as it stands, you know, it looks like we could have a couple of new narrators on the show sooner than you can say. Today's episode is Books Are Aside, 93%. Written by Michael David Wilson and narrated by Grant Patrizio. After the seizure, I took an interest in my health. I'd had a casual interest before. A salad here, a jog there, limiting carbs, that kind of thing. But when I found myself lightheaded, then convulsing on the lounge floor, thinking, fuck me, I'm 32 and about to die, I promised, if I survived, I'd make changes. The promise wasn't worth much. I'd have entered a Faustian pact for extra days. I pulled through. Doctors said it was stress-related, that I'd been working too hard. I laughed and said, don't we all? They hadn't reciprocated. I was signed off work for three months. Plenty of time to drop the weight and get healthy. It went well initially. Glenn recommended the paleo diet, and I lost loads of weight in the first 30 days. Got more sleep, meditated, even bought a rowing machine. I rang Glenn, said, This paleo diet's great. First seven days were rough, but now I'm down to my pre-university weight and feel better than ever. It's a lifestyle, not a diet, because you can do it whenever. I've been doing it nine years. 
I thought, Glenn, you fucking buzzkill. How about a congratulations? If you want to take things to the next level, there's genetic testing. I'm not turning myself into a science experiment down in some lab. Nah, it's nothing like that. It's easy. Order it online, spit into a tube, and a few weeks later, you get your results. Sounds like a con, mate. So he sent me loads of links, verifying it was legit. I wound up doing the test. Wish I hadn't. It was good at first. I found out I was a genetic risk for gluten-related autoimmune disorders, which explained why I felt so rough after eating bread. I also discovered I was lactose intolerant and sensitive to caffeine. Cutting out dairy was okay, but sensitive or not, the caffeine stayed. I sipped coffee in confirmation, as if saying, I have my limits, and this is mine. Though the report had other ideas, and I almost spat it back out when I read the next line. Auxoricide. Your risk, 93%. Average risk, 0.01%. I grabbed the dictionary just to be sure. There it was, clear as anything. The killing of one's wife. Unfucking believable An unfortunate typo or a sick joke? I called Glenn. I got the results from the genetic testing. Game changer, huh? I stared at the paper. It's a game changer, all right. Let me guess. You're high risk for diabetes type 2? No. Lung disease? Nothing like that. Just boring stuff like lactose intolerant then? Well, yeah, but that isn't why I'm ringing. Mate, this genetic testing, is it a joke? They're not 100%, but they're good. Especially for the price. Are you playing a joke on me? How do you mean? Like, I'm all, you can't drink milk. Then ten years later, I scream, Surprise, motherfucker! You're not even allergic! So throw away that almond milk and bring back the cow, because you can chug that sweet dairy elixir all night long! <laughs> like that? Not like that. Good. Because that shit's not funny. A man shouldn't mess with another man's dairy. That's what people say. No, they don't. And don't flatter yourself. You think I have time to create a fake website, business address, lab kit, and genetic report just for a laugh? Come on! There's something here that doesn't make sense. Perhaps it's a typo, but... Listen, would you be able to get your results... I want to see if you have anything like it. They test the same across the board, so it'll be there. What's bothering you? I really think it would be better if you had your test to hand. Look, I'd have to find where I filed it, but give me 20 and I'll call you back. In the lounge, I examined a photograph. Me and Natalia on her 23rd birthday. My arm around her, bottles of beer in front of us. Bright eyes and wide smiles. Next to it, a photograph from our wedding day. We rocked metal horns and laughter. To the left, a shot from a few Christmases ago. We looked in love, but... 93%? We hardly argued, barely raised our voices. We had plenty of separate hobbies, so we weren't clingy. And when we did spend time together, it counted. Ten years strong and we were still in the honeymoon period. 93%? I've got the results. Now what's up? Let me guess. 100% dickhead? Auxoricide. Say what? Auxoricide. 
Page 2, toward the bottom, underneath exfoliation glaucoma. I see exfoliation glaucoma. I'm a 0.22% risk. The average is 0.75. What I'm interested in is whether or not you have exoricide listed. Can you see it? No, I... Hang on, got it. Risk, 0.04%. Damn, the average is 0.01%. Gotta look into dietary changes to bring it down. Maybe I should eat more kale. What's your risk? 93%. Bloody hell, you should see a doctor! Exoricide is the killing of one's wife! Glenn laughed. Well, that doesn't make sense. I don't have a wife and I'm four times more... Wait, 93%? Not 0.93%? That's what it says. Goes to show. Appearances can be deceiving. I thought you two were happy. We are happy. These tests are accurate. What are you gonna do? Not kill my wife. But 93%? It's almost as if killing Natalia is your destiny. When Natalia walked through the door, dinner was ready. Garlic chicken breast, steamed vegetables, and a mixed salad with an olive oil dressing. Natalia sat at the table. This looks wonderful, she said. How's your day been? I cleaned the kitchen thoroughly. Got a bag of things for the charity shop, too. Hope you weren't working hard. You're meant to be resting. It was fun. I played some music and got lost in my thoughts. I didn't add thoughts about killing you. I ate quickly. You okay? Natalia said. Absolutely. Are we okay? You're quieter than usual, that's all. I've got a lot on my mind. The doctor said not to stress. I'm not stressing, I said, sounding stressed. Do you think we're okay? I think so, but... Sometimes you don't know. Relationships are complicated. I popped around Glenn's after dinner. Natalia hadn't been happy. We were supposed to be watching Gone Girl, but it could wait, and seeing Glenn couldn't. Glenn handed me a mug of tea. It's got ginseng in, improves brain function. I'm gonna need that. Ever since those results, I haven't been thinking straight. I tried talking with Natalia, but, well, what could I say? Hopefully not that there was a 93% chance you'd kill her. Obviously not, but she knew something was up. My stress levels are through the roof. If I'm not careful, I'll end up back in the hospital. Easy. Let's think about this logically. 93% is no certainty. I drank some tea. I love her with all my heart. Don't think I knew what love was until Natalia. To think I'd kill her, to murder my own wife, is fucking insanity. What if it's an accident? Can Exoricide be accidental? Beats me. I can't drive her anywhere now. If I crashed and she died, I'd never forgive myself. We might have to move to a ground floor flat or bungalow. What if I bump into her and she falls out the window? Glenn laughed. Falls out the window? You live in a decent house with double glazing. You won't accidentally push her out or through the upstairs window. Suppose not. 
Shit, I'm gonna have to throw away power tools and knives. And look into alternatives to glass windows. If one breaks and she gets caught on a jagged piece... You serious? No, I'm not fucking serious. Jesus, someone has to lighten the mood. I'd rather kill myself than her. Maybe that's an option. It might not be Natalia, Glenn said. What if it's another wife? Someone else's wife? Another of your wives? A future wife? I shook my head. Together forever. That's what we've always said. We're planning to have kids, too. People change, mate. Circumstances change. Not us. No one ever thinks their good relationship will turn sour. Honestly, you seem more upset about splitting up with Natalia than you do killing her. Don't be silly, I'm just thinking. Wait a second. Exoricide only applies to marriages. We could divorce and continue living together. Everything will be the same apart from one bit of paper. Don't know how the hell you'll convince her, but I wish you the best. The following evening, we ate steak and sweet potato wedges with a side of greens. Afterwards, we settled on the sofa. There's something I want to talk to you about, I said. Me too, Natalia said, then left the room. An odd reaction. When Natalia returned, she concealed something behind her back. I need you to see this. For a moment, I'd wonder if she'd done genetic testing too. I could never kill you, I said. It spilled out. Huh? She handed me something. I looked down. Saw the pregnancy test. Two clear lines. Pregnant. She hugged me. Isn't it exciting? Absolutely. My tone betrayed the word. What did you want to talk about? I couldn't ask her for a divorce. Not after that. We should never argue. Never argue? Because of the baby. Even in the womb, they're sensitive to these things. Don't want to emotionally damage the kid. That's what you wanted to talk about? Yes. But you didn't know I was pregnant. I had a hunch. Please, let's not argue, lest we violate what we've just agreed to. I want us to be happy. We're having a kid. What could make us happier? I love you, Natalia. After learning Natalia was pregnant and we weren't getting a divorce, I spent most weeknights at Glenn's playing video games until the early hours. Weekends, I returned home as Glenn had guests to entertain. We both knew guests meant women and entertain meant... Well, point is, I couldn't stay there. Natalia saw her parents most weekends, sometimes staying over. They enjoyed fussing over her since she was expecting. At least someone was there for her. In a sense, I was too, but it was difficult to articulate. How do you tell someone that in not being there, you're there because you're not killing them? In the beginning, both Natalia and Glenn tolerated the new arrangement, but as the months progressed, it was obvious they weren't happy. Natalia asked what she'd done wrong and why I'd grown distant. Glenn became fixated on the 7% chance I wouldn't kill my wife. You can't live in fear. If you did, you wouldn't drive a car, wouldn't step out of the house, wouldn't stay in the house either. There's always a chance something awful will happen. If there was a 93% chance of killing someone every time I drove, then I certainly wouldn't drive. 
I said. He shrugged. Yeah, but you do. When I returned to work, I put in long hours, then stayed down the local until last orders. My health went to shit, and the whole paleo lifestyle dwindled worse than my marriage. But at least I was alive, and so was Natalia, which was what mattered most. On a Wednesday, a few months after Harry was born, Natalia phoned work, telling me there was an emergency and I needed to get home ASAP. Harry's okay, she added. I returned home to find Natalia, arms folded, sitting on the sofa. To her left, a suitcase. To her right, Harry, asleep in a carry cot. Divorce papers on the table. I'm going to stay at my parents. We can sort everything out later. It's a shame it had to end like this. What if it doesn't? What if we divorce but still date? Perhaps in time we could even live together again. What would be the point? Love, I said. Love's the point. She laughed, more anger than amusement. Where the fuck was love when I needed it? Where have you been this past year? I rushed over to the bookcase, routed through old letters. I'll wait outside, Natalia said. Mom will be here soon. I found the document, offered it to Natalia. This explains everything. She looked down at the paper, not wanting to touch it, like she might contract something. I have to go, she said. Please read it. I don't think your genetic testing and analysis will save our marriage. Exoricide, 93%. She didn't react. That's why I've been like this. That's why things have been rough. Because I didn't want to kill you. Because I love you. She walked into the hallway, carry caught in one hand, suitcase in the other. But if we divorce, everything will return to normal. Nothing is normal, Natalia said. Together forever? Just something we used to say because it rhymed and we were too dumb to know better. What does that mean? It means goodbye. And it did. I tried speaking with her about things after she'd left. I wrote emails, left voice messages, even asked Glenn to go around and explain things. Though I doubt he did. Natalia didn't respond to anything. Communication via solicitors only. Six months later, we divorced. She took the kid, the house, and most of the money. Now I'm sleeping too little and drinking too much, ruminating on what could have been, on what we had, and what she took. On the darkest nights, at the worst of times, I really could kill her, but I won't. I won't. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Books are aside, 93% was written by Michael David Wilson, narrated by Grant Patrizio, edited by Carl Hughes, reviewed by Velatai and Tom Robson, and some sound effects provided by zapsplat.com. Michael David Wilson is a professional writer, editor, podcaster, and the founder of thisishorror.co.uk. His forthcoming novella, The Girl in the Video, will be published later this year by Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing. Connect with Michael at www.michaeldavidwilson.co.uk or at at WilsonTheWriter on Twitter. Also, just a final big thank you to all of those who emailed in their address for narrating for the other stories. We received so many emails that we're still picking up the pieces of our email inbox because 
you know, it exploded. For now, though, thanks so much for the outpouring of interest. It looks like we could have a couple of new narrators on the roster sooner than you can say, roster. Until next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.